Leo, it's day number nine. Do you think we're ever going to have the kids back at school? I, I think it's funny that I just have to copy our intro discussion topic every single time because it always ends up being another snow day. Yeah, this is the third week in a row. Maybe we should uh, try out scheduling this for like some other day next week besides a uh, usual Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday <laughs> and see if we can in- intentionally cause a snow day. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, this is crazy. Last week after recording, we were trying to brainstorm some other things to talk about. And I had this idea, what is the one thing that I've changed in my life recently that has had the most bang for its buck in terms of like freeing up my time or allowing me to actually just get more things done? And so I posed that question to you. I had a a pretty clear idea of what mine was, but then I started writing it down and decided to uh, start up a Reddit thread to see if other people wanted to contribute some ideas. And there are actually some really good ones out there and some that I hadn't thought of, some of them I've tried myself. There isn't just like one magic trick, but it opens up a lot of discussion and a lot of ideas for things that we could potentially use to get a lot of our time back or just get a lot more done in our days. Yeah, I agree. And I think what we're talking about here is what's the number one thing that kind of cascaded and had an effect on your productivity in a lot of other ways and opened the door to being more productive. If you listen to our episode on the power of habit, this is kind of close to what Charles Dewey was talking about when he talked about stone habits. And the idea being like one habit carries on to another habit to another habit. You end up being more productive mm-hmm. yeah. just by changing that one thing. The way I post this question, I intentionally wanted it to be something that you changed, not something that you're just refining. For example, we've also talked about like getting your day started right or getting good sleep. Those are things that we've been doing our whole lives. And so making them a little bit better might be an okay answer, but I wanted to think of something that is like you go from not doing it all to now that you've started this thing, you can notice a huge difference in your productivity. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So you want to talk a little bit about the responses we got on that Reddit thread? Yeah. So there are two that jumped to mind. One of them had to do with commuting, which is not a major issue that we run into since most of the time we work from home. Yeah. Although as part of the discussion, it was pointed out that like even if you work from home, you might have to drive to coffee shops occasionally or like even going to get groceries and all of the extra driving that you do throughout the week. It's still adding up and can be a pretty significant amount of time. And this is another one of those where it can be highly subjective. If you live in the country and you have long commutes, you have some strategies for grouping up all the things that you need to do. So you'll do one big trip into town, for example, in order to minimize that time. If you live in the city, you might have the option of not driving at all and take some kind of public transportation or Uber or taxis or whatever. And then those free you up from having to pay attention to the road as well. So you can even take a laptop or something with you and actually do work while you're commuting. Yeah. We live in suburbs and so we don't fit either exactly. Yeah. And Uber and Lyft are quite frankly a little bit overpriced where we live. Yeah. Very true. Um, So there's there's also this group of people who short of moving into one of those other regions to free up your commute time. Not a whole lot that you can do except find ways that you can make those drive times, if not like more productive, just enjoyable or educational for you, like listening to audiobooks or podcasts or something like that. Yeah. And the other option you could do is if you don't mind sweating a bit is 
working out as part of your commute. And that is like biking to whatever your destination is. Obviously, on a day like this here in the Midwest, it's not going to work out because it's a snow day. But when it's a little bit warmer out, you could always bike to work. And then that would that would count as part of your workout for that day. Yeah, very true. Yeah, I've heard of people doing a lot of uh, biking and walking and jogging to work, but less so on the uh, cross-country skiing for miles into work. I'm sure some people try it, but it doesn't seem as quite as common as uh, biking. The other one that came up several times in response to my question is an app that I had actually never heard of. It's called Alarmy. Have you ever heard of this? No, I've never heard of Alarmy. Well, it's an alarm app and like people gave me enough details to really like pique my curiosity, but didn't give a whole lot of spoilers about like what makes it so magical. So it's something that I want to try digging into. But what it seems to address is people who struggle with getting out of bed at a consistent time every day and then getting off to a really good start. So even though I started out this conversation by saying the way I pose this question is something that you started doing that you weren't doing before, it did not occur to me when I asked this question that there are people who can have a really, really hard time with getting out of bed or getting out of bed at a consistent time every day to get themselves off to a good start. That's something I'm curious about. I'll look into this app. However, I'm fortunate enough to be pretty good at waking up at the same time every day and waking up and being ready to go. I still want to look into this app because so many people brought it up in this thread. What do you think about that? Are you one of those people who can just wake up at the same time every day and then you're like raring to go? Or do you struggle with it? I have a real struggle with it. So it looks really interesting. It looks like we'll have to try this out and give a review in the next episode. But the idea being like you do something on your phone, like solve a math problem or take a picture as a way to turn off the alarm. Oh, neat. You'll see how this goes. But yeah, we should try this out. Okay. One person mentioned QR code, but that's as far into the details that anyone explained. The way I get out of bed, quite frankly, is my kids wake me up. <laughs> so I don't have an alarm previously. I used to use something like in the sleeping episode from two years ago, I talked about the pillow app, which is what I use to track my sleeping and you can either set it for auto to where it doesn't have an alarm or you could set it to where there's an alarm and based on your sleep pattern it wakes you up within a half an hour time frame which is really nice because then it doesn't wake you up in the middle of like REM or something like that it tries to wake you up when you're at your lowest yeah. sleeping level so to speak that was really nice and that definitely helped but as of now uh, waking up in the morning can be a struggle especially like if I'm up in the middle of the night for no reason then you know it cuts into my my sleep. So then I end up sleeping in more than I should. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I'm kind of glad that we are both in different spots as far as our uh, sleep and waking habits so that when we give this a review that we can have two different perspectives. So yeah, I'll definitely want to try this out and see how it works. Moving on just a little bit. I also wanted to mention that there were a couple of other book recommendations in this thread for our book club book review. Yeah. So it looks like getting things done, which people have talked about in our book recommendations was on our list. And then Cal Newport's 30 minute time block strategy. Yeah. Both of those sound really interesting. The other thing, I also just want to thank everyone who was part of this Reddit thread because there was a lot of engagement and I really appreciated everyone's positive answers. Yeah. It was really good feedback and a lot of great responses on this thread. Thanks again. I really thought about this one and tried to figure out what are some things that helped me. What would be the number one thing that I would recommend? 
at first I thought about like health related stuff, like exercise and sleep as it being a habit or something that I did that really improved stuff. And I think that's very true. I wouldn't say it's the number one thing, but I feel like if you don't have your energy level up, it's difficult to really have the gumption to do the other habits that you need to do, the other tasks you need to do throughout the day. And I feel very strongly that exercise and sleep are heavily related to that. So, so I would say Exercise and sleep are very important, but I wouldn't put them down as number one. And then I started thinking about like what what's been the thing that's helped me get things done. It's I would say like avoiding distractions. But what what has led me to avoid distractions? So then I broke that down further. Part of it is just setting a snooze or letting things cue. But part of it is just using my calendar more and putting things in my calendar. And that's when I thought about just the overall philosophy or idea of writing stuff down as opposed to just keeping it in my head has been the number one thing that I think that's helped me with being more productive. There's a few ways this is helpful. One way is collecting my thoughts. So rather than having a to-do list floating around in my head, keeping me nervous and occupied, I think it's super helpful to just write down what you're thinking rather than going into some sort of mental loop. I did this kind of with the year in review, which we talked about a few episodes ago, and just writing down how I feel my year went in 2018 and how I see things moving forward in 2019. Just from an emotional level, I think it's helpful to collect your thoughts and write things down. That doesn't necessarily mean it needs to go to someone, but get it out of your head, put it on a piece of paper, and then be able to look at it and go, oh, interesting. I didn't I didn't realize I was thinking that. And writing it down is helpful. Have you ever heard of meditation described as allowing thoughts to come in your head and then you acknowledge them and then you observe them and send them on their way? Yeah. Yeah. It seems to me like a physical manifestation of that. So you have the thoughts, yeah, you write I them down and then they're out of your head and you can move on. You can free yourself up of those. Yeah. I think that's a lot of it. Exactly. Just being able to get your thoughts out there so that you can discard them or analyze them or do whatever. I think that's part of writing things down. I think being able to, especially when you have a to-do list or a project or an idea, being able to just write it down and then map things out, figure out some sort of plan. What are the things that needs to get done? What are the prerequisites? I think that is helpful in writing your ideas or your projects or the things you need to know to get done. This is what I pretty much have started doing every week is just writing down a quick discardable to-do list, not anything that gets saved necessarily, but being able to map, okay, what do I want to get done this week? What can I get done this week? What are the dependencies that need to get done before I get to them? What stuff that absolutely has to get done and things like that. So I might have a to-do app running, having to-do list for long-term, but I always have just some sort of simple text file where I might track just that week. All right. I know that a lot of people have been getting into journaling to-do lists. So which apps do you buy any of the brand name journaling books that have a very specific structure on each page to help you with this? Or is it more freeform? More freeform. So I use Todoist pretty infrequently right now, honestly, but it's kind of my go-to to-do app. And I share that with my wife, especially for like groceries or home projects or things like that. I've talked about using Bear for my note-taking and Bear uses a format called Markdown. And I use that for my weekly to-do list. It's it's helpful for me to map out my week, but also I am on several forums. Like I have a maker profile with Product Hunt, where I also track my to-do list publicly. 
Uh, we'll post that in the notes. So that's helpful for me because then I could take, look at last week, I can put links to what I'd worked on and then I can add the new items that I'm going to get done publicly for that week or at least try to. Okay. So like an example would be this week, we're going to record this podcast. I put that in my to-do list. I'll save it to my different masterminds that I'm a part of, like the product maker list. And then when I'm done, I'll put a link to that podcast episode into the to-do list uh, for people to see. Does that make sense? Yeah. I haven't really dug into the product time maker list, so I'm really curious to see what that's about. Yeah. And I'll provide a link in the notes to that. Okay. The other reason I write stuff down is to avoid interruptions. First of all, I don't check my email. Like right now, obviously I don't, but I do have periods of time where I have do not disturb, but sometimes like an idea will pop up or I'll get a text message or something semi-important that I let slip through. I'll write it down for later and remind myself. And I might even just use like Apple reminders to do that because I know those always work. Or if I have an idea, I might also have a reminder. Maybe even that my reminder might be to save it to my long-term to-do list. Or maybe that reminder might be to like, oh, contact this person at this time. And that's essentially what I'll do for that. Similar to David Allen's kind of like when you had an idea, you put it in, in a bucket of some sort. I forget what, what he calls it, like a save it later bucket or something like that. So that way I have a queue of ideas that if I have time, I'll tap into, but it's a way to remove the distraction of me starting something new and not completing what I'm already finishing. That's my big thing. Writing stuff down, it really helps collect thoughts, avoid interruptions, and I can save things that I need to do for later when I have a block of time that interruptions are welcome. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And it's kind of cool that you uh, took a step back to see what your goal is with all of these. And I approached mine in a slightly different way, but still at the same level, mine all revolved around being able to focus. Yeah. And I think that's a big theme is like, once you have that ability to focus, once I write that stuff down, I can then look at it later and then either add it to a calendar, even like the exercise and sleep stuff. I might not necessarily like write it down, but I always have an appointment in my calendar to work out or my watch, which tracks my activity will write down the activity. So it tracks like I'm not physically writing it down, but I'm tracking my activity. And I think that's helpful too to be able to look back and see, oh, you know, I need to get a few more calories and maybe I need to spend some time on my elliptical at home. So that would be my big one thing I feel that was helping me and is still helping me become more productive. So, Eric, you talked a little bit about having more focus. Could you kind of explain what your one thing is and how it helped you have more focus? Yeah. Initially, when I thought of this, I didn't come up with the idea of enabling me to focus. Reflecting back on the past year, the thing that came to mind first was you had recommended to me upgrading to the iOS 12 beta. Mm -hmm. And mostly that was because of some uh, battery life improvement with my older phone. However, when I installed it, it came with screen time and I decided to just turn it on and see what would happen. No specific goals in mind. It just was a new feature that was offered and turned on by default. So why not try it out? A week later, I got a report that said that I was spending on average more than seven hours per day on what the app categorized as social media. Wow. And that included like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. And then it includes some other ones that not necessarily like what I would call social media, but close enough to make me realize like, holy cow, seven hours a day is ridiculous. Some of that 
could be easily accounted for. I stretch or exercise almost every single day. And while I'm doing that, I will have usually Twitter open and visible somewhere so I can read it as I go. So that'll easily account for an hour or more every single day. And then some of it like Snapchat I use for most of my messaging with friends. So that probably accounted for like half an hour. And then a year ago when I started this, there were also things that I was doing as part of my job that I took a step back and realized like maybe I don't need to be doing this, like uh, queuing up a bunch of articles on social media. I was spending a lot more time on social media, even even intentionally than I really needed to. And so that's what got me to really dig in and look for strategies to get some of that time back. I'd like to say now my average is closer to four. So that still includes the hour on Twitter while I stretch or do some other exercises. It also includes Slack messaging and uh, Snapchat. And so I can only whittle that four hours down so much further. However, freeing up like three or four hours out of every single day has been huge. I feel like I've been able to just get so much more done and also just be able to enjoy other things. It's like I can look up from my phone and realize that there's this beautiful world out there that I can enjoy. And so I'm going to dig into some of the things that I decided to do to get some of that time back. One of them was I changed my strategy of social media to be mostly right only. So I still hop on Twitter and Instagram to usually just get inspiration. I love board games and there are really great communities out there on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, some of the images that put up, people put out there are just amazing. For other types of social media, mostly Facebook, I've switched over to mostly right only. I installed a browser extension called Newsfeed eradicator for Facebook, which wipes out the timeline and effectively makes Facebook right only. So you can share stuff, but by default, you can't see other people's stuff unless you like drill into a specific page or a person's timeline. Okay. So that covers Facebook on my laptop. And then on my phone, I just removed Facebook. I still have the Messenger app installed. And so what I did there is I removed badges and notifications on my phone, not just for Facebook Messenger, but also for Slack and email and a lot of other things that very aggressively try to push notifications and get me to stop what I'm doing to address them. I also decided to turn on Do Not Disturb, and it's on a lot so that I'm in control of when my attention is diverted to my phone. Okay. I'm not the best at this yet, but I also switched to checking email, direct messages, Slack, doing code reviews through like GitHub to uh, two times per day. Okay. That makes total sense. I don't even go that far. I might have one or two days a week. I'll check my email and then maybe I'll check it on my phone. Most of the time when I'm checking on the phone, unless it's super important, it's just a matter of cleaning out crap that I don't need to deal with. I'm one of those people who's ideally in box zero, but that's never going to happen. But I try to aim for it. So I'll try to clean out my inbox on my phone if I check it there. Yeah, I've for the most part given up on inbox zero. There's some things where it kind of makes sense that those conversations are between you and someone else. And so there's dependencies between other people and you don't have control over their end. And so there can be conversations just held open forever. Right. Exactly. Seeing that seven hour a day weekly average really floored me. And so that's why I decided to pursue reducing that time so aggressively. It's paid off. I mentioned this briefly, but I also changed some of my strategies. So instead of sharing lots of articles to 
a bunch of the different Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram types of pages that I manage. I cut a lot of that back and I'm trying to look at different strategies for communicating with people. A lot of social media, it's open to the whole internet and sure, something like Facebook mostly is visible to like your connection of friends. A lot of the work that I do and want to focus on is more locally oriented and I'm not convinced that social media is the best fit for that. And so I just decided to stop sharing a bunch of uh, content that anyone can read. And I'm looking at different strategies for how to better communicate with the people that are part of local communities that I care about. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. When you say write only, what exactly are your ways of doing that? Like I've switched to trying to think of really specific moments that I care a lot about. They're special enough to me that I think that my friends and family would also get a lot of joy out of seeing what I'm doing. Some of it could be sharing a new board game. Some of it can be like my daughter's birthday party, which was over the weekend. And just like being with friends and all of the fun things that I've got going on in life. And so what I tend to do is like whenever there is a, a moment that is like, wow, I want to cherish this for a little bit longer, I try and snap a picture and then I use the Instagram app to post that to both Instagram and Facebook since you can do that like at the same time. And then you can also post to Twitter as well. So you mostly just use Instagram as a way to just post to all your social networks. Yeah. Okay. That makes total sense. So I try to do a lot more public posting since I'm not some local oriented and I tend to use Buffer for doing that and kind of adding things to a queue so that at least once a day I post on social media some article or something we're working on and doing it that way. And I use Twitter a lot more for like marketing purposes and sharing interesting articles and whatever work I'm doing. I'm kind of the same way. I've been using Instagram to just post photos and that's it. I very rarely post to Facebook unless it's a question that can only be asked by a bunch of people that I know personally. Yeah, I think another thing that I like with Instagram and Twitter is that the amount of text that you're actually presented with is a lot smaller. And so it's a lot faster to read. Facebook, they can be really long posts or it can be links to things that you need to drill in. And that just sucks your time away even more because then you're not just scrolling through an endless feed of posts. You're like clicking on stuff and reading these long articles. And then three links deep, you're like, why am I even here? I need to get out of this. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about as far as this? After trying all of that stuff out and seeing the the results, it's freed me up a lot. I don't spend all of that time on work because some of that time was freed up like later in the day or early in the morning. It just frees me up to do a little bit more with my daughter or play a game with my family or make phone calls with family, which I'm still not the best at. But, you know, at least I have the time now to try and do some something with that time. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it's really important. So I, I think like taking that step back is when I realized a lot of the specific things that I did, really what it was doing, it was it was giving me the ability to focus more on the things that I care about. And the things that I care about are not necessarily reading a bunch of stuff on social media. Those are some really good points. I, we had mentioned this offline, but I had to get a new iPhone recently. Um, and part of that process was erasing. And I had an iCloud backup, but I still had to set it up as new because they were thinking they weren't sure if it was a backup issue or an issue with my backup or whether it was my actual the hardware on my phone. 
So that gave me a really good opportunity to kind of like start from scratch on the phone and be really picky about what apps I have on there and what notifications and badges and, and things like that. I haven't set up screen time quite yet, but it's really helped me like be picky about, especially when it comes to social media, what apps I install. And I'm hoping it optimizes my iPhone usage much more for what I can do on it, because I found that just the iPhone is not good, both from an RSI issue but also as far as being able to use it to create things, I found it not as constructive as using a desktop or laptop computer. So I've removed things like Facebook and Twitter and Reddit. Um, obviously, I can go to the websites, but I've removed the actual apps from my phone. And I'm hoping that that helps me be even more productive. And like we've talked about, I've kind of moved away from using the iPhone for a reading device and more for to like an actual dedicated Kindle. Yeah, going back to screen time too, just something that can monitor a part of your life that you may be completely oblivious about how much time it is actually taking away from your day is amazing. I recommend anyone who has a phone and uses social media to try something like that out. Yeah, I agree completely. I agree. I think tracking your your usage of what apps you're using, especially when it comes to social media, is super helpful in seeing what you're actually doing. So Today, we, we focus on what one thing is going to help you be more productive. Folks on Reddit suggested like waking up early and getting getting things done using an app like Alarmy to help you get up in the morning and get started on your day. A lot of people talked about optimizing your commute by using a ride sharing service so that you can get things done while you're on your commute. We also talked about possibly using your commute as your workout and maybe walking or perhaps taking a bike to work. And then I talked about my one big thing, which is writing stuff down. It's a great way to collect your thoughts. It's a great way to avoid interruptions. If you have a new idea or somebody comes at you and needs your help, you write it down and save it for later. And I talked about keeping track of my weekly to-do list using uh, to just write like a little text file markdown list of things that I am working on for that week. So that way I can just copy it and use it for the week after. And then, Eric, you talked about trying to bring more focus in your life by limiting your social media usage and trying to use it only for like as a bright only outlet. Uh, he suggested things like the newsfeed eradicator. And I talked about how I use Buffer to share things on social media. Eric also uses Do Not Disturb, which I do, too, to have a lot of time where you're not interrupted with your work and also to only have certain times of the day for checking email. Eric also talked about using the screen time feature in iOS as a way to track his usage of different apps. Did I cover everything pretty well, Eric? Yeah, really solid summary. Nice work. So how's your New Year's been so far as far as getting things done? Pretty good. I actually um, created a uh, master list of things I wanted to do over the year and broke it down into weekly, biweekly, monthly, quarterly, six month blocks of time and have been incorporating that into my weekly checklist. I'm trying out some new things, like usually for my to-do list, I tended to treat it as like a checkbox type of list where I just cross the item off. Um, but a friend of mine has really gotten me into trying out color because sometimes I'll do something, but I don't really do it the way it was originally intended or I kind of fall short. And so having multiple different ways to measure like how successful I was by highlighting whether something is green or yellow or red has been pretty helpful. It also is like a nice visual map. We can we can dig into that later, but uh, I just wanted to say that, you know, it's it's been going well. Good, good. Yeah, same here. I feel like I'm getting a lot of things done 
I'm doing a decent job. Uh, we're four podcasts into the year and two months into the year. And it seems like things are moving along podcast wise. So it's almost like I think my biggest struggle is finding what needs to be cut. I'm hoping by the middle of the year, I'll have a decent idea of what needs to be cut. It's just a matter of what ends up being the most successful and what works out the best. Hopefully I have more focus next year. So we do have some responses as far as our book club review for our next next book review for this year. Big leaders in that space seems to be uh, getting things done by uh, David Allen, which I think would be an interesting read. Not a big fan of getting things done. I think it's a good book for those who are starting out. So we'll see how that goes. That's funny the way he said that. You had a little bit of pause after you're talking about the book. He said you weren't a fan of getting things done. Pretty sure that's demonstrably untrue, given that we're recording a podcast about it. <laughs> <laughs> I think like I, I think it was a good book that I read ten years ago, and there's some really good ideas in it. I, I would be interested in rereading it again, but I find that it has the same problem that Power of Habit does where it it can be summed up in maybe one chapter or a pamphlet. So that's my problem with getting things done. I think it's a good starting point, and I think it may even be a good topic to talk about at some point, but maybe not necessarily a book review. We have, let's see what else, looking at the list. The one in the lead, quite frankly, is the uh, James Clear book, Atomic Habits. That I've heard a lot of great buzz about. I'm really strongly leaning towards that unless we have... Uh, a lot more responses coming in soon. Have you read that one already? No, but I'll post the video interview he did with Justin Jackson, but it sounded really interesting. His essential thesis was that to become the person you want to be, you need to actually like start by doing little things. So if you want to be a musician, you need to at least play an instrument for five minutes a day. Uh, if you want to be healthy, just drive to the gym once a day and drive home or drive to the gym, do a workout for five minutes and drive home. Just something like, and I feel like that's very true. I, I just know that from my own life. So it confirms some of my thoughts. So I'd be really curious to uh, deep dive into that book and see what I can find out. Yeah. I like that. It's not something that you've already read as well. Right. Exactly. I hadn't realized that you had read getting things done 10 years ago. And while I do know that sometimes the time in your life that you read a book can also affect how much value you get out of it. I think that it would be nice if we pick a book that neither of us has read yet. Yeah. Have you read any of the books that have been suggested? No. Okay. So yeah, that's kind of in the lead, quite frankly. I think there's some other interesting ones. That's number one on my list so far. So unless a lot of people flood the responses, that may end up being what we, what we pick. Okay. Anything else you want to talk about before we close this episode? No, I don't think so. Maybe we can plan on announcing which book we're going to cover in the next episode. Yeah, let's do that in the next episode. And hopefully we won't have another snow day. Yeah, <laughs> agreed. We'll see. Cross your fingers. <laughs>